Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. We are in our Rhythms series still. And today we get to talk about rhythms of thought. What are our thought patterns? Are we thinking like the world thinks? Or are we aligning our thinking with the truth of God? Because God offers us rhythms that make sense, right? He offers us rhythms to follow, to move to, to understand, but the world offers us the opposite. And God's patterns, God's rhythms are always about keeping you in tune with him. They're always about what's best for you. And if you look around at the created world, it won't take long for you to find rhythms. For instance, the way a frog croaks has rhythm, the way a bird sings, the way a woodpecker pecks, the way rain falls, the way a river flows. Patterns and rhythms are all around us. And then I found this paragraph in an article, and it says the sun, the earth's source of energy and light, and essential for the continuity of life is made dependent on a certain order with its rhythmical motion. The world and other planets move in accordance with this main rhythm. Day and night happen by the earth spinning around its axis, which is another rhythmical and constant occurrence. An absence of rhythm causes uncertainty and the situation is defined as chaos. So everything that has any kind of order to it has rhythm. I had this thought, which hopefully you don't think of me any differently, but have you ever had this thought that your life started with a rhythm? I'm not going to give you the details, but there was a specific rhythm, a repeated pattern of movement that helped create your life. Then as God was forming you in the womb, you could hear and feel the rhythm of your mother's heartbeat. And they've actually done some studies on this. And there was a study done by Dr. Marco Thiel. He's a physicist. And he says, our findings reveal that synchronization between the heartbeat of a mother and fetus does actually occur, but only when the mother is breathing in a rhythmical fashion. The fetus can sense the rhythmical shift in the mother's heartbeat and adapts its own heartbeat accordingly. And I thought about that and I thought, man, that's God's desire for us to know and feel his rhythms and then walk and live and think accordingly to those rhythms. Let's stop and pray before I keep going. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that it is an anchor, not only for our souls, but it's an anchor for our thoughts. And Lord, I ask that everyone who is hearing this message would grasp on to something that they can apply to their lives, Lord, in order to have breakthrough in their lives, in order to overcome things, Lord, that maybe they've been struggling with for a while. In Jesus' name, amen. So there was a time when two people walked and even thought in perfect rhythm with God. And of course, that's Adam and Eve. They walked in perfect harmony, perfect step with God. Their thoughts were even in perfect alignment with who God was and who they were and what they were created for. But something happened that messed up that rhythm. 
Actually, it was someone who happened and his name is Satan. And if you spend any time in the scriptures and and look at how Satan operates, it won't take you long to figure out that he hates things that make sense. He hates peace. So he wants to cause chaos and pain and disorder. So he uses all sorts of tricks to throw us off our rhythms. And it's really interesting when you look back at the story in the garden and look at what Satan used to throw Adam and Eve off their rhythm with God. He used a question. So he targeted Eve's thoughts. And the question was to get her to question what God had said, right? Did God really say? Did he really mean that to not eat of the fruit of that tree? And once Eve allowed that thought to take hold in her mind, and once she agreed with it, the rhythm was messed up. So there was disorder now instead of order, where there used to be these rhythms of behavior and feelings and thinking that were in perfect alignment with God. Now there was chaos and confusion. And confusion, I think, was the ultimate goal here. Confusion is a weapon that the enemy uses because it causes you to question where there is no question. When you're confused, your thoughts have no rhythm, right? They're over here one day, over here the next, up and down and all around. But God desires for your thoughts to move in rhythm and in agreement with his word. In Amos chapter three, verse three, it says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Can you walk side by side with someone unless you're agreed on the pace you're moving? Unless you're agreed on the direction you're going? No, you can't. And the same is true with our walk with God. We have to be in agreement with God. We have to align our thoughts with his word in order to walk with him and stay in step with him. And if you're not in agreement with God's word, then what are you agreeing with? probably the world. And the Bible says that Satan is the ruler of this world. So dare I say it, that if you're not in agreement with God, then you might be agreeing with Satan. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? And it's a real possibility that we do this maybe on a daily basis where we're disagreeing with God and agreeing with the world Because listen, the enemy is still prowling around like a roaring lion seeking to destroy souls. And he's targeting our thoughts to throw us off our rhythm, to accomplish that, to accomplish our destruction. He still uses confusion just like he did in the garden to try to get you to disagree with God and agree with what the world is saying. And in Romans 12 verse 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So don't live like the world does. Don't follow what the world is teaching because the pattern of the world has no rhythm. It's actually just a repeated pattern of confusion. So we have to be in a place where we are continually examining our thoughts and our minds and renewing them daily by the word of God. If we want to be transformed into our new nature in Christ and not conformed to the confusion in the world. And we're seeing a lot of that today. You guys, we're seeing many, many Christian 
um, leaders, people who have a platform in the Christian world who are falling away from their faith. We're seeing this day after day. And it's very interesting how important the subject is to God, because it's a topic that is scattered throughout all of the Bible. And it's because our thoughts hold so much power. That's why the enemy targets them. You know, one thing we're learning more and more about is how seriously our thoughts affect us. There's research that's suggesting that 75% or more of all mental and physical illness is a result of our thought life. That is crazy. But we have an enemy that came to kill, steal, and destroy. And I think it's clear that he is targeting our thoughts to help accomplish that. What we're allowing into our minds, what we're focusing on, what we're thinking about affects everything. A few weeks ago in Chris's message, he talked about meditation and, you know, not the kind that center yourself with the universe kind of meditation, but meditating on God's word, fixing our thoughts on who God is and filling our minds with his truth, because that's the only way we will be able to walk in rhythm with him. And I think that's why he's given us so much direction in his word, right? God knew that much of the battle we face from day to day is happening right in our minds. So that's why he tells us things like this in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, it says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So I want to give you a few examples of how I have used this verse in my own life. Um, So when my boys were younger, especially, and you know how kids get scared of the dark, or they thought they heard a noise in their room, or whatever it is that's scaring them, and it always seems to come at night. So I would go over this verse with my boys. And I would say, you know what, you don't have to think about that scary thought, because that's what the enemy wants you to think about. And you know why? Because Satan wants to steal your sleep, and he wants to steal your peace. But we know what God says. We know there's nothing scary in your room. We know that God is not a God who gives you fear. That's from your enemy. And then we would talk about this verse and I'd say, so you can think about things that, um, that you love. So think about Jesus. Think about some fun Bible stories you love. Think about your best friends. Think about, you know, super fun games that you like to play. And I would help direct their thoughts into another direction, the direction that God wants us to go. And I think that my kids would tell you um, even today that that is something that has helped them. And then for myself, even just recently, you know, my, my dad's been gone for over 25 years. And even just recently, I had these bombarding thoughts as I was trying to go to sleep about go back to the night he died. Think about the tragedy Think about that dark feeling. Think about how hopeless you felt. Think about how sad you were. Think about his body. I mean, just horrible, morbid type things coming into my mind. And in that moment, I said out loud, no, I am not going to think about that because I have been there. I have done that. I have been through that. God has walked me through. He has healed me. And I have a God that is moving forward and moving on, and I am going to keep following him. I am not going to stay stuck in the past, in the pain. 
And so I would set my mind on who God is. God, you are a God of love. You love me and you comfort me and you have good things in store for me. And then I felt his peace and I fell asleep just fine. But I love that it says, fix your thoughts. Because that's a clue. It might not come easy. You might have to be very determined to set your mind on the things of God. Because listen, we are living in a world today where our thoughts are being targeted continually. And I know for myself, sometimes I feel like my head is spinning. And I don't know which way to go. I don't even know how to feel some days. Or I don't know what decision to make. And so I start feeling confused. And then I know that's a sign that my thoughts need renewed. That's a sign that my thoughts have stepped out of rhythm with God and I'm not agreeing with him somewhere. And we all have to become aware of these things. We have to become aware of what the enemy will use to throw us off our rhythms and try to conform us to the world. And he uses different things for all of us, but it usually starts in our minds. I know one thing that the devil really likes to use these days is the news. I mean, we have access to 24 hours a day, seven days a week news coming from so many different voices and opinions. And honestly, I'm not sure that any of them are giving us the real truth, right? It's usually bent one way or the other, but it will have an impact on your thoughts negatively if you spend too much time focusing on it. And I had Jared's permission to share this, but there was a time in Jared's life where he spent years consuming the news more than anything else in his life. And so that's what came out of him. Even around the dinner table, if we would have guests, the conversation would always gear towards, you know, the stuff going on in the news. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? And there was just always this level of fear that would come out of him based on what he was listening to and watching on the news. And so I would hear this almost on a daily basis. And finally, I got to the point where I told him, you have to quit talking to me about the news because I would feel that fear try to come on me. And so I said, you've got to stop. I can't hear that because I know that my hope is supposed to be in God. I know that my trust is supposed to be in God and not what the world is telling us. And so thankfully he did stop. And actually in the last couple of years, he has taken a huge step back from spending that much time consuming the news. And I think he would even tell you that he has felt the difference. And I have seen a difference in his conversations and the way he talks, which I'm so thankful for. I'm not saying you don't need to be aware of what's going on in the world because we do. We just don't need to be so fixated on it that we conform to it. Something else that God tells us in his word in 2 Timothy 1, 7, we are reminded that God has not given us a spirit of timidity. So some translations put the word fear here that God has not given us a spirit of fear, which is true. He hasn't. But the more accurate translation for this verse is the word timid. So it means that God has not given you a spirit that shies away or shrinks back from hard things but he's given you a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. 
You guys, God wants you to understand that once his spirit is living within you, that a sound mind, a stable mind, thoughts that stay in rhythm with him is part of his promise to you. Listen, God knows the devil still uses all the same old tricks. That's why he's giving us these directions on how to keep our minds sound and strong and healthy. That's why he goes as far to even tell us what to think about things that are good and lovely and praiseworthy and admirable. But are we heeding God's words? Are we applying God's truth to our lives? I know I don't do it perfectly every day, even close to perfectly. Many, many of us are not. So what happens is we're conforming instead of transforming. And that's why we are confused. And because we're not renewing our minds and because our thoughts are so powerful, many of us are living with no authority or power in our lives. We're shrinking back and shying away from what the world is throwing at us. So Christians are struggling with all the same stuff that the world struggles with. Fear, anxiety, worry, insecurity, selfishness, lack of motivation, depression. The list goes on and on and on and on. And those things aren't the rhythms of God. Those are the patterns of the world. And it'll leave you with no peace. So when these battles come, we just fight the way the world tells us to. We fight the way we've always fought, right? Pop a pill, drink another drink, eat another piece of cake, or maybe two. I would probably eat two. Yell and scream, punch a wall, exercise five hours a day, cut yourself. We just keep fighting externally when we should be taking the battle internally and examining our thinking and identifying where our thoughts are out of rhythm with God. Where are we not in agreement with him? Because listen, it's not the fear or the worry or the anxiety or the lack of motivation that are the problem. It's the thoughts that got you there, or it's the thoughts that are keeping you there. And if you struggle with the same problem over and over and over, but it's something God says you should be free of, that's a sign that your mind needs renewed. And the renewal of your mind is not something the devil wants to happen. Why do you think he's trying to keep people in confusion? It's, it's not just about keeping us living the same old way. I think it's because if he can keep people confused, then they'll never really know who they are. So it's really about our identity, right? The devil knows he has to keep you from that transformation. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think we need to understand that we can be saved, but never transformed. And that's because your soul might be saved, but maybe your thoughts never got the memo. See, our thoughts need saving too. So hear me, you have a new nature, which is hidden in Christ. The enemy cannot take that from you. If you have believed on Jesus, the devil cannot take that from you, but he can't keep you from being transformed because of your thinking. So do your thoughts keep you living and thinking like the old you? Because the old you is not in rhythm with God. The old you is confused. The old you is still living an out of rhythm life that is just full of confusion. 
which is exactly what the Apostle Paul was talking to the Ephesians about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. So Paul's talking to people who have believed in Jesus. So he's saying, hey, you're saved, but you're living like the unsaved people who are confused. You're still living like that. And then he goes on to list what that confused mind looks like. So he says, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. It's interesting here. The Greek word for shame right here actually means dishonesty. So it means they have no sense of what is true and what is not. And then it says they live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Now in the next section, he is going to tell them how you stop living in that confusion. So starting in verse 20, he says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So what does he tell them? He tells them in order to stop living like the old you, which is confused, you have to throw off the old. And I think a lot of us want to say, put on the new, throw off the old and put on the new. I've heard that so many times, but when you look at this scripture, it actually says, throw off your old sinful nature. Then the next thing it says is let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And then it says, put on your new nature. We have to let the Holy Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes before we can truly walk in our new nature. See, it's about our identity. And the devil is doing everything he can to keep you from walking in that new nature and to keep you confused. I'm telling you, confusion is so powerful. And a lot of times, I think confusion for Christians, it comes when we are confronted with something the world is telling us is right or true. And then what the Bible says is right or true, right? It's the same old trick that Satan used with Eve. Did God really say? And the moment we start to feel confused in our minds, we have got to take our thoughts to God and his word because it is not God that's causing confusion. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 33 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Confusion is from Satan. And he uses it to keep you from stepping into your true identity, to to keep you from walking in the power and authority that comes with that. To keep you out of rhythm with God and in conformity to the world. See, the rhythms of God are always telling us, renew, renew, renew. God says, come to me, ask me, look at me. I will renew your mind. 
I will change your thinking. But the world is telling us, hey, you know, if it feels right, and that's what you want to do, then you go ahead and do it. For instance, you can keep looking at pornography, and then feeling the guilt and the shame and the confusion that come with that every time. Or when that thought pops into your head of getting on your computer or your phone or pulling out a magazine for the old schoolers, when that thought comes into your mind and and tells you to look at those inappropriate things that you know you shouldn't be looking at, and then whatever thoughts come along with that to excuse it, like, you know, um, I can stop any time. It's not that big of a deal. God created the human body. Why shouldn't I enjoy it? Whatever thoughts, whatever battle is going on in your mind, you can stop in that moment and come into agreement with Jesus. Step into rhythm with him. You can stop in that moment of temptation and use God's word which is powerful. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So listen, it's not that we will never be tempted. Of course we will be tempted. But it's that God has given us the power and authority through his word to overcome the temptations in those moments. And you know, some of you might be sitting here thinking, oh, yep, yep, pornography, it is such a trap. Lord, help those poor people. But what about you? How's your anxiety level these days? right? Or, or how many times a day do you think you worry about things that are completely out of your control? So yes, your mind needs renewing too. All of us have thoughts and attitudes that need renewed. There's a reason that it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind and not be transformed by your renewed mind because it's a process. It's something we should be doing daily by going to God's word because that's how we renew our minds, right? In those moments, we can stop ourselves and say, wait a minute here, I think I'm being targeted. I've got some thoughts that I know are not in agreement with God. And so I'm going to get in agreement. I'm going to remind myself what God says. I'm going to be transformed by renewing my mind with the power of God's word. I think that's a good rhythm to practice. Now you might have to practice that rhythm again and again until you break certain things off, but you have been given a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind, and you can do it. But a confused mind will tell you, no, you can't. A confused mind will keep pondering those questions. Did God really say that I can overcome things? Did God really say that his word is powerful? And I can use it in my own life. Did God really say that this thing I'm doing is wrong? See, that's why we have to get in God's word. In Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says that that God's word actually judges our thoughts and our attitudes. There is just no way around it, you guys. We have to be in his word. If you want your life to change, if you want your thinking to change, it's only going to happen by being in the word of God, because you have to know what God thinks before your own thinking can change. 
There's so many things in the world that will cause you to be confused if you are not agreeing with God, if you are not in his word. Are you confused about homosexuality? Let's use that as an example for yourself or just in general. So should you ponder that confusion over and over and over? You know, did God really say that? Is that really what he meant? Does he really say that it's wrong? Because listen, if that's what you spend time doing, eventually you're just going to conform to what the world says. Or do you think you should go to God's word and see what God has to say about it and come into agreement with what God says? Because it's not, it's not about judgment. It's about truth. It's not about not loving other people. It's just about what is true and what is not. See, you can actually walk in truth without judgment. Now the world will tell us that we can't, but we can. Another one, are you confused about sex outside of marriage? Did God really say that that's not right? I mean, if you really love each other and we're in love and God is love, I mean, you can just keep being confused and excusing your behavior and possibly wrecking your future relationships. Or you can go to God's word and see what he has to say about it and renew your mind. But what's funny is a lot of people actually use the excuse of being confused as a reason to stay out of God's word. And I have heard it many times from different people, you know, oh, it's just so confusing. I don't understand God's word. So I just don't even bother reading it. And I think, no, it's not God's word that is confusing you. It's your own thoughts that you refuse to bring into alignment with God's word that are confusing you. Now, are there things that are hard to understand in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament? Yes, but God is not a God of confusion. So with God's help and with a little bit of effort on your part, you can understand the Bible. And sometimes that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to search his word. He wants us to seek him out for understanding because it brings us closer to him. It keeps us in rhythm with him. And then when we start to agree with him and our mind is being renewed, we're going to begin to live with that power and authority that come with that. And the devil's old tricks won't work on us anymore, right? You won't be so easily conformed to the pattern of the world. As a matter of fact, we should get to a place where our lack of confusion actually confuses the enemy where we are so grounded in the truth of God that the lies of Satan will just bounce off of us. As we close, I want to give you an example of something that we are hearing so much about today, but I think it's a perfect example of how powerful and how destructive confusion can be. And that is a mind that says gender is neutral or that gender is fluid right? This entire topic of transgender gender issues that we're hearing so much about. You guys, we're living in a time where parents are choosing to raise their children gender neutral, meaning they're going to let the child decide if they're a boy or a girl. So if their child was born with boy parts, they are not going to identify those boy parts as meaning you're a boy. 
or if their child was born with girl parts, they will not identify those girl parts as being a girl. And if one day you decide you're a boy and the next you decide you're a girl, that's okay because that's your truth and it's who you are. Is that confusing to anybody else but me? Genesis 1:27 says so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. It doesn't say male or female he created them because we don't get to choose which one we want to be. Although the author of confusion has done a very good job of telling the world that it's our choice. And a confused mind will believe the lies. A confused mind will conform to the pattern of the world. And the pattern of the world says, hey, if you don't don't agree with how you were created, then you can change that. We'll help you change that. So I want to read you a short paragraph of what gender reassignment surgery looks like. In male to female reassignment surgery, doctors will reshape the male genitals in the form of a vagina. The surgery also includes removing the testicles and an inversion of the penis. In female to male procedures, doctors remove the breasts, uterus, and ovaries and extend the urethra so a transgender man, aka a woman, can urinate standing up. Man, is that not ultimate confusion at its best? This is a topic that has the enemy's fingerprints all over it. God created them male and female in his own image. He created them. What a crafty way Satan has used to literally steal and destroy people who bear the image of God himself. And it's all wrapped in confusion, being sold as true identity or being who you really are. I know this is one of the more extreme examples of where a confused mind can take us, but you guys, it's happening all around us. And don't think for one second that this topic or other similar to it won't ever come knocking on your door. We are living in a time that we better get prepared. We're living in a time where we better be in agreement with God and stay in rhythm with him because all the world is doing is offering us confusion in place of the truth. We have to start letting the Holy Spirit renew our thoughts. You have to get in rhythm with God by holding his word and holding his truth above anything else, above what the world says, above what your family or friends say, above even what your own feelings are telling you sometimes. And you will have to be determined about it. Remember what it says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. It says, can two walk together? unless they are agreed. And I would challenge you today to ask yourself, where are you not agreeing with God? Where am I out of rhythm with God? I want to close with this incredible promise that we find in the book of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. See, when we are locked in on God, when our thoughts stay fixed on him and we stay in rhythm with him, then whatever the world tries to throw at us won't shake us off our foundation. 
We might feel the rumble and we might feel the tension of a world that's constantly trying to conform us to it. But if you're standing on the rock and on his word, you will not be moved.